Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Spirit of 67, our weekly Queen's Park Rangers podcast. My name's Robert Warlow. I'm joined here today by our QPR writer, Phil Spencer. Hello, Rob. Hi, Phil. And also joining us is Ryan O'Donovan, our Fulham writer for Get West London. Hello. Hi, Ryan. So, QPR, another another week, another defeat. Um, Phil, not a, not a great result for them at Loftus Road on Saturday. No, it wasn't. I mean, I wasn't um, I wasn't at the game at the weekend, but um, I've, I've heard all about it and heard... Um, See, it's seen the uh, the highlights, if you could call them that, um, <laughs> after the uh, after the game, and yeah, it, it just seemed like uh, a game where nothing nothing really went to plan. Um, I, mean, I think con- conceding five goals at home, where where QPR have been fairly solid so far this season, I think that's that's probably the most alarming thing. I think on the on the road this season, QPR have, haven't been great at all. Um, so. It's almost getting to the point where defeats on the road are becoming a little bit expected. But what we are expecting from them at home is a much more solid performance, one where they're able to grind out um, a victory. And it just seemed like that that wasn't the case on Saturday. Obviously, conceding five against um, a very hit and miss Nottingham Forest side um, wasn't wasn't fantastic. Um, people I've spoken to who were at the game uh, just said that QPR's defence was was non-existent. It was just all over the place and a bit of a shambles. Uh, to be honest, and so um, overall, it was a really negative feeling coming out of the match, and uh, it seemed like it was the uh, most disappointing game of the season from uh, from many people's point of view. So you, you mentioned obviously yes, they've had their troubles on the road this season, but at home they have been generally you know, quite quite tight, and, and even when they've lost games, it's not been that sort of scoreline. No, absolutely. I mean, there's, uh, there's only been a couple of times this season when they've been well beaten at home, and they've been against teams with. With the greatest of respect, um, a lot better than, than Nottingham Forest. Um, see, I, I wasn't at the game, so I don't know exactly how how good Nottingham Forest were there. But when I saw them up at the City Ground earlier the season, when uh, when QPR was four um, nil up there, but um, they, they they did look a, a decent team, but just a team that were maybe a little bit inconsistent. But they they've clearly got that kind of performance in the locker. Uh, but yeah, I think QPR will be disappointed because usually they're so good at keeping things tight and uh, and containing the opposition for large spells. I mean, we've spoken on the podcast before and said that perhaps then not expecting now, not expecting them to be in relegation trouble, and likewise not expecting them to be sort of pushing for the playoffs. So, is it a case of maybe they just took the foot off the pedal? Um, possibly. I mean, you'd like to think that that wouldn't be the case because obviously, um, mathematically, uh, they could they could still get uh, they could still get dragged into the relegation battle. So it, it might have been a little bit of. Um, a little bit of that, but um, that's that, that's some going to concede five at home. I mean that doesn't happen often, and that does 
that, that does sound alarm bells, doesn't it? I mean, um, any team who gets beaten by five goals on their on their own turf, um, it uh, it does it does kind of create that concern amongst the fans, and I think it'll be no different for uh, for this game, and that's why a lot of fans have been um, yeah particularly unhappy coming out of this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the mood is is probably one of. Well, obviously disappointment and frustration, but also you know looking for someone to blame, I guess, after a result like that. I think so, yeah. I mean, everybody... I think it's just a natural reaction that there has to be someone to blame when something goes wrong. Um, I mean, to get beaten by five, I think it's probably quite hard to blame it on one person. I don't think it was any 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 particular player's fault. I don't think you can blame it on, on Ian Holloway entirely because obviously the players do have to take uh, some responsibility for it. But um, I think you probably probably do need to spread the blame amongst the team but I think I think at the same time as well it does need to be kept a little bit in in perspective I mean it was it was a defeat it was a heavy defeat which will have certainly been a, a bit of pill to uh, to swallow for the QPR fans um, but um, all, all in all um, QPR probably had a, a, fair, a fairly all right season probably as good a season as what they could have hoped for so far this term and um, as, as long as those kind of results aren't becoming a regular occurrence as long as for every now and then I think that's um, that's probably something that the club will, will will take come the end of the season if they if they can get away with um, only having those kind of games every now and then because obviously they are bringing through youth there's been a, a lot of upheaval in terms of the playing squad and that, that will bring in consistency so um, if, it, if it does happen once in a once in a while I don't think that, I don't think people can really sniff at that too much because I think the season was always just about consolidation just making sure that um, while they're trimming the wage bill and trimming the squad that they're not getting dragged down into the relegation battle which they which they aren't doing at the moment Ryan were you surprised by the the, the scoreline I mean not necessarily a defeat but to lose 5 to at home yeah I was to be honest I saw Forrest play Fulham a few weeks ago and you know they're not the same kind of team they were under Mark Warburton if that was a Mark Warburton side then you'd look at the result and think yeah okay you can see why they've put five by them because although Warburton, Forest under Warburton weren't exactly the best side. They played attacking football, but under Ike Karanka, you know, I saw him at, I saw him at Fulham. They're really defensive. They had Jack Colback sitting in front of that fat bo- uh, back four, mopping up things. You know, really trying to contain mm-hmm. Fulham. And I know Fulham and QPR, you can't compare them all this season, but they did. Ike Karanka has always been defensive, and Nottingham Forest did look very defensive that day. But then, you know, they've gone to a QPR away and they've scored five. And it's not what you'd expect a Karanka team to do, even though, as as people have said, QPR didn't really turn up. Although they've got Tomlin in there who can score goals, it's not something you'd expect a Karanka team to do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised by it. Holloway does normally have his sides quite well drilled at, at Loftus Road. You know, they don't necessarily win games well, but you very rarely see them conceding three, four goals at Loftus Road this season. So... To concede five against Forest under Karanka is is surprising, and it's the sort of game I suppose where QPR have generally got results this season at home against the teams in and around them or below them. Yeah, they do. They you know they normally you look at it and just when it looks like they're getting dragged in, they pick up a result. So obviously you had those Wolves and Sheffield United back to back wins earlier in the season, and Fulham have just played Wolves now, and you can see how good the side they are. Mm. So yeah, Loftus Road, you know it's it's not fortress by any stretch of the imagination, but you do expect them to be at least getting draws against side like Forest, especially when they are so defensive. Obviously, Phil, now it, you know, it will lead to a little bit of pressure on Ian Holloway. I mean, and the team, obviously, the, the, the fans will want a reaction. But I think 
judging by what people are saying on social media at the moment, it seems like there's a bit of a split among QPR fans as to sort of the direction of you know travel and the way that the QPR are going. Go on, Phil, get your Holloway shield up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think there, um, there there is. I think there's an argument to be made for for both sides of it. Really, um, I, I think my my perspective of it is that the fans do seem to be quite split on it, and I can see the arguments from both sides. Um, there's a lot of fans who are saying that. Um, Obviously, five two. It's you can't dress that up. Really, that's a, that's an unacceptable defeat at home, and it is it is concerning. Uh, my, my my message and my view on it is probably the fact that it, it does just need to be kept in perspective. If it's if it is the kind of performance and result that's happening more often than not, um, then maybe it is something that they would have to look at and they would have to have to change the manager. But I think based on the situation that the club are in, in terms of everything that's going on behind the scenes. Um, having to trim down the first team squad, trimming the wage bill, uh, bringing through young players who've got no first team experience, it's, it's going to bring inconsistency. And so I think if you if you told people at the start of the season, um, obviously the season's not finished yet, but at the moment they're nine points ahead of the relegation zone. If they would finish nine points clear, well away from the relegation zone, very safe in mid-table, you'd think that a lot of people would take that. So um, I, d- I do think it's um, it's, it's concerning, and obviously pan, uh, fans, um, fans do pay good money to go and see the team and they don't want to be seeing a 5-2 defeat at home but I think it, sometimes it's just a case of uh, taking a view of the, the bigger picture at Loftus Road and going, do you know what, he, he, he might not be a manager who you, you want to lead the club for the next three to five years but if it's a case of him leading the club for, for this season and potentially next season while the club kind of um, finds the feet again after everything that's going on off the field um, then, then so be it because he's, he's shown that he is in my opinion, the uh, the person to to lead the club through this period and, and get the best out of these players and give them confidence and empower these young 18, 19 year olds that they, they do have what it takes to play in, in the championship, which is a really difficult league to play in. Do you think, Ryan, you know, fans, uh, the QPR fans need a bit of realism in, in where they are and obviously what, what they can expect from the team? Um, in terms of the team, yeah, but I don't agree with Phil with Holloway, you know, I'm... I'm quite with the fans that that want to see him go. Perhaps not sacking him now won't be the best of things because there's only, I don't know, 10, 12 games left of the season. But Phil was mentioning about the man being the best player, person to get the best out of young players and for the situation they're in. I don't think Holloway's that man. You know, when QPR need a calm manager, especially with things behind the scene, they need someone calm. And Holloway isn't that person. You know, he's got a tendency to come out, slag the fans off like he did after they came back from 2 0 down against Brentford. And. Mm. You think after a result like that, the fans were quite jubilant. They would be, you know, they were 2-0 down <coughs> in the 94th minute or something against their London rivals and he's slagging them off instead of being like, we did well. So I don't think I don't think he necessarily is the man to lead them into next season. You know, I think it'd be wise to stick with him until the end of this season, make sure they stay up, have that squad trimming like they've had done that will go through the summer. But, you know, you, you have to look elsewhere. Ian Holloway, I said it when he was hired, he's not the man for QPR. You know, he just doesn't, I don't think he fits there. He doesn't fit in what the, what the fans want. He's a bit too brash, in my view. You know, he, he's got a tendency to say things that upset people, and he when you're upsetting your own fans, that's when you know you know this isn't a match that's quite quite right. And then it leads on to people saying, "Well, who else is there?" You know, the the the, the most obvious one for me is Gareth Ainsworth. He's done so well at, at Wickham. He's QPR through and through, really. You know, he's already been there earlier on in his management career. Now he's had the the experience at Wickham, you know, he's, he's had him in playoffs, all that kind of stuff, with a very, very small budget. He, for me, is the, ma- is the next QPR manager and waiting already. And if you bring him into the side, 
even if the results like this season have happened under Ainsworth, the fans won't get on his back because they love Gareth Ainsworth, they love what he stands for and that he's QPR, whereas Holloway has the tendency to alienate the fans and isn't quite, you know, what they see as a as a QPR manager. So I do think, I agree with Phil in that he should stay until the end of the season, but after that, you know, I think it's probably the best time to, to split up. He's not going to take him anywhere. They need they need that consistency next season, especially with all the upheaval behind the scenes. And for me, Gareth Ainsworth is clearly the main man and the right man to, to do that for QPR. Phil, do you think that's fair they might take stock in the summer? I'm not saying that you know, Holloway will go, but if, you know, there was, I'm sure every club would, would do a, a you know, reflective look at the season and, and how things have gone and whether they think that you know, they're in the best position for next year. What, do you think that's fair? Um, I do. I think, I, think, I think every club does do that at the end of the season. They do take stock of, of where they're at. If they think that someone could have done things better then that might be something that um that, that they'd look at but um I, I think i think the main question is is more really about if qpr aren't in a position to to go out and necessarily strengthen the team with established first team players will another manager who's coming in who doesn't know these players hasn't worked with these players before will they be able to get more out of and i, I don't have an answer for this but um will that manager be able to come in and get more out of this group of players than, than what Ian Holloway does, for example. They're not going to be able to, to come in. They're, each manager's going to come in. They're going to have their own identity, their own system, their own way of playing. Uh, if they don't have any money to come in and sign their own players and make a few additions to say, right, this is the team, this is how I want it to play, let's, let's do it. If they can't do that and they're having to play with the people who are already there, will they be able to do more with that squad of players than what Ian Holloway is? And I think that is the, the question that's on everyone's lips and it, it might just be a case that um, it, it might be a case that they do take stock in the summer and decide that um, someone else can come in and make them kick on but from my, from my point of view I certainly don't think UPR are below where they should have been this season to be honest I don't think frankly that the, uh, the group of players that they've got there is, is any better than a, a mid-table championship team and so I don't think having Gareth Ainsworth or various other managers who people of France have been calling for, people like Paul Clement, Steve McLaren, I don't think any of those would really have been able to get much more out of this squad than what Ian Holloway has this season, in my opinion. But who would you rather play for, Holloway or Ainsworth? That's a tough question. Um, I don't know, to be honest. It, it, depends, it depends what you're, uh, what you're looking for. I think if you're uh, an established player and you're, you may be looking for... The freedom to play your natural game, you're wanting to uh, to kick on. I think if, if you're a player like a Luke Freeman, for example, you might want to play under Gareth Ainsworth because he's he's got more of an identity in terms of his, his system. You might have the freedom to go out and play your natural game and kind of like give a little bit more than what you're having to do in a fairly restricted QPR midfield. But if you're a Paul Smith or a uh, an Eze who's coming into the first team, you'd probably be quite happy with Ian Holloway being in charge, someone who's who's going to give you a chance in the first team. They're gonna put their arm around you and give you confidence that you are good enough to play at this level. When realistically, you, you might you might not be yet. You might not be ready for it yet. But he'll give you the confidence to say you are good enough to play at the champ in the championship. Um, we're going to ease you into it, and he would be the ideal man to do it. And I think. I think that does seem to be the focus of QPR at the moment they, because they've sold so many players and they've got rid of so many. They are relying on youth to come through and um, those, those players do need that arm around the shoulder to say you, you are good enough to compete at this level and I think that's something that Ian Holloway is doing well and as much as a lot of fans might not like it, he probably does deserve credit for it. 
But that's what Ainsworth done, has done at Wickham. You know, he's brought in players like Luke 9 from non-league. Aaron Pierre, who's dropped out of, you know, league football altogether and he's come in and signed for them. And he, he has put through youth and he is that kind of man that you would, you know, warm up to and does put his arm around youth. So, whereas the feeling I get, having spoken to both managers, is Holloway's quite cold, you know, he, to, to us at least, he doesn't come across as the type of person you want to play for. Ainsworth is the complete opposite in that. Even with the media, he's got that warm feeling about him. You want to speak to him. So, I mean, for me personally, if I was Paul Smith or one of the younger lads coming through, every day I'd want to play for Ainsworth. You know, he's got that arm round the shoulder like Holloway does, but he's going to let you play your football. You know, look at what he's done for Wickham. He spent nothing there. They've got no budget at all. And he's got them fighting right at the top of League Two this season. So I just think, you know, for me, it's, it's a clear choice. If you had to choose between... Ainsworth and Holloway be Ainsworth every day mm-hmm. that's not to say that QPR can go and get Ainsworth you know under the restraints that they've got financially yeah. they'd have to buy him out of his contract and mm-hmm. Wickham know what a good manager they've got there mm-hmm. but for me it's you know you, you can't compare the two managers I think it's a difficult one because um, the, the the situation that's going on at QPR it's it's a fairly sensitive situation and with um with a lot of players in the team who, who don't have that championship championship experience that they've got in in the squad at the moment, it's it's almost a case of if it's if it's if it's not broke because it's not broke, so not uh, fighting for relegation. It's like, do they need to change it at this point, or the fact that they're kind of on track with where they'd probably like to be at this point, having to um, having to trim down the squad and bring in through the young players. Ian Holloway's doing everything that the owners would probably want at this point, realistically, and. Gareth, Gareth Ainsworth he's a good manager and he's, he's good with young players like Ryan said he hasn't managed in the championship before and maybe that lack of experience um, could be could be costly if he came in and managed QPR because maybe although sometimes Ian Holloway's tactical decisions they do get people scratching their heads a little bit um, I'm sure on on Saturday there was a few moments where fans were thinking like what what is going on here um, but ultimately he has managed in the championship for a lot of years and so you can't you can't buy that experience, and perhaps that is that championship experience is what's keeping QPR where they are at the moment. Because a, a lot of the players, um, would they get into other championship teams? Like a lot of them, maybe not. So um, I suppose it's just it's just, it's just kind of quite hard to um, I don't know. It's it's just kind of like quite difficult to uh, almost like underestimate what what Ian Holloway is doing for that team because you, you don't really know what he's bringing, and ultimately they they, they won't know. You, you might not know what you've lost until Ian Holloway has left yeah. and um, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a difficult balance in that because mm-hmm. at the moment, you know, he, as you said, he's doing everything asked of him. He's kept him in the league. Mm-hmm. They've trimmed the squad. Then They're not in danger of relegation. Mm-hmm. And it's that, do we carry on with Ian Holloway while we have all the upheaval behind the scenes, while financial fair play looms over us? Or do we roll the dice a little bit, get, get a young manager in and start building for the future with him at the helm? You know, if they get him in in the summer... Yeah, okay, they're rolling the dice a bit. Like you said, Ian Holloway, he's kept him up. He's done everything asked of him. Mm-hmm. Tactically, he might be a little bit, you know, what's going on. But do they decide, right, we're going to start building now. Mm-hmm. We're going to get in our, our manager, our young manager in. He knows the club. We'll get him in. While all the upheaval's going on, we know our manager's in place. Whatever happens, he's going to be our manager. Mm-hmm. He can start bringing in players from the youth team. He can, he can start setting the structure of the club. Mm-hmm. And then two seasons' time, when QPR are perhaps ready to, to go again and become, you know... What they what a club they're meant to be. They have their manager already in place, as opposed to waiting another season, then saying, right, we're ready for it now. Now we'll go get our manager and build completely. Instead, they could go perhaps. All right, this summer we're going to get our manager in, 
and start building with him. He's in the club. Whatever happens this season, he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then build with him the players he wants, you know, a season before. Mm-hmm. It, it's a delicate balancing act that the, the owners really have to, like, mm-hmm. get right. I think, the, I think the other part of that as well is, fair, fair enough, so if, if Ian Holloway leaves and they, they go searching for another manager. So Gareth Ainsworth, he's, um, he's a young manager. He's, he's building his profile. And we all know that um, being a football manager, it's a, it's a very fickle business. Your reputation can be ruined in, in the blink of an eye. Now, if you're a manager who's looking to move up to the championship, in the current situation, is QPR the ideal job that you'd look for? Is that a job where you could come up and you could say that, that that's probably not the kind of job where I can really make my mark on this team, really do what I want with it and uh, look towards the top end of the championship or is it a little bit of a, a role where you're going? To, it's almost like a little bit stale at this moment because you can't bring in your own players, you're going to be a little bit limited in what you can do. And So maybe a manager like that who is looking for a team who are on the, on the upward curve, I don't think QPR really are, are that team mm. at the moment and uh, Gareth Ainsworth might think it's too much of a risk for that next job because that next role is going to be crucial. If he goes to QPR... And they, they end up battling relegation or in a similar position to this next season. That his reputation as a as an up and coming manager who could be an excellent championship manager could be ruined like that. And he he might think, for example, that um, it's better he's better off holding out for I don't know a different opportunity. But um, I don't know. They're, they're all ifs buts and maybe it is, yeah. this point, especially isn't it? With, especially with Ainsworth. You know, it seems to me ever since he went into management, mm-hmm. you know, he started with QPR. It was always said that he was gonna. Mm-hmm come back down and eventually manage him once they had more experience mm-hmm. so to me you know he is up and coming and you do it, it's right if he does you know he could battle relegation and, and lose that that promise he's got in, in the eyes of certain people but for me I think going back to a club where he spent so long as a as a player you know he knows what, what QPR are all about to me it just it just makes perfect sense even if as you said it's a stale job at the moment Ainsworth going back there if it was to be Ainsworth I mean mm-hmm. we're, we're assuming that mm-hmm. it, it's a match made in yeah, heaven yeah, but yeah. it might not even be mm-hmm. A, play, a person they mm. um, they consider it, it'd be stupid if they didn't, mm. but it, it might not be. Mm. But for me, it just seems like I'm, it, it's a match made in heaven. It's stale for any other manager, but I think for Gareth Ainsworth, mm. it, it would be the perfect job for him mm. to take his next step in 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 the football career. It probably would be, and I, I think that's I suppose at the other time as well. You've, you've got to um, look at people like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and how well he was doing mm. at Burton. He was um, people going, he's doing so well at Burton. He's going to be like. It could be the next big thing. He could be managing in the Premier League in however many years. And he joined QPR at a really difficult time. Yeah. And um, it didn't work out for him. Left QPR. And um, he, he hasn't quite kicked on to the heights that everyone thought he was going to do. And it, it just kind of shows that that's, that's not to do with QPR. But that's just kind of... I think managers are very, very precious and very selective about what opportunity yeah. they're going to next. Because it's such a, a fickle business and such a ruthless business, they need to make sure that that next opportunity for them is right. Mm. And if you are an aspiring manager, perhaps at this point in time, QPR isn't the ideal job. And perhaps, um, it, might, it might not be a phrase that's been used by Ian Holloway often, but perhaps you just need that almost like safe and experienced pair of hands <laughs> at the moment to, um, to guide them through this difficult time. And then when they are in a position to to kick on, start rebuilding, maybe start spending a little bit of money again to to build up again. Maybe that's the time when you look at a Gareth Ainsworth or an up-and-coming manager and then they can really make their mark on the team. I mean, in fairness, you're saying, you know, someone who knows the club, I mean, you can't accuse Ian Holloway of not knowing QPR, mm-hmm. can you? He, you know, he's got that those ties there and mm-hmm. he knows the club better than anyone, really, in, in this situation. So, like, as you say, he is doing a, what is asked of him in terms of the job and, yeah, you, you would say perhaps he is in... You know, out of all the options, maybe still the best best person 
from now to the end of the season. Well, he's, 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 to be honest, he's probably got one of the toughest jobs in the championship at the moment. Um, you, could, you could look lower down the table and you could be like, oh yeah, being manager of Burton Albion is difficult, of being manager of Sunderland. Sunderland That's, yeah. Sunderland's probably a different, um, yeah. different kettle of fish altogether, which we'll put to one side. <laughs> but other than that, you, you, look at, you look at QPR, you've got the expectations of, of the fans who, who quite rightly, after a few years of success, they're, they're expecting more than mid-table championship. They, they'd love to be back in the Premier League as soon as possible and almost like feel that they should be challenging up near the top top end of the table and you, you've got to agree with them that it, it must be frustrating to see your team going from such such strength to where they are at the moment and um, I, I don't know I, I just think that with the job that he's got he my, my personal view which often people don't agree with is that he maybe just deserves a little bit more credit for the job that he's doing at the moment because it's, it's not a glamorous job it's not a job which will be particularly enjoyable to a lot of things, to a lot of managers, because his, his hands are very much tied in terms of what he's having to do. But the fact that he is getting the required results to keep them mid-table, to stop them falling down into that, uh, that relegation battle, I don't think that's an achievement that should be sniffed at. He has got a testing period ahead though in the next few weeks, hasn't he? Some, uh, some difficult games starting against... Villa at the weekend and then Derby County at home. I mean, you, you're looking at, you look down the fixture list and you sort of think, well, there are a couple of games where probably QPR have to get that result that they've been able to get for most of the season. The likes of Sunderland at home, perhaps Reading away, get something there. You know, it, I suppose that's that's the job that Ian Holloway, that's the, you know, the cards he's been dealt with this season and it's what he's got to keep doing between now and the end of the season just to keep the heads above water. That's it. I think Ryan mentioned it um, a little bit earlier on just about how QPR have managed to, they've always managed to stay this season like one result ahead of danger. Um, just when it's been getting a little bit close, the, the gap between them and the relegation zone has gone down to like five points and it's like, oh, this could, this could be a bit dangerous if we don't win today. They've always managed to get that result to stop them going down there. Um, I mean, at the moment, the, the nine points ahead, so there, there is a little bit of a gap, so there is a, a little bit of leeway. Um, so they, they are a difficult run of fixtures, and I don't think it would be the end of the world from a, a league table point of view if they did end up losing those. But at the same time, QPR have got a lot of, not a lot, they've got um, a fair amount of decent results against the, the better teams in the league because they do seem to, to raise the game on those kind of occasions. And so it wouldn't surprise me if coming out off the back of this uh, 5-2 defeat against Nottingham Forest, if they, they manage to get a victory against, say, Derby at Loftus Road next next Tuesday, or if they manage to nick a point against Aston Villa on, on Saturday, because that that seems to be the uh, the way that QPR do things. I certainly wouldn't mind either. Help yeah. Fulham out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that, it, that that will be what Ian Holloway is saying to his players this week, that mm. he wants a reaction. You, know, you always do, don't you, after a heavy defeat. And... How often do we see it that, that sometimes you know teams do produce that performance that you don't expect from them? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think QPR uh, somewhat somewhat in a position where maybe it was the downfall at the weekend where the, the pressure isn't really on them in a lot of these games at the moment. I mean, there's a lot of pressure from the fans, and there will be even more so after after the weekend's game. But they're not in a position where they are scrambling for points. And maybe if you look at teams like Aston Villa, who are challenging up near the top of the, the table, this is the kind of time of the season where every point is vital to them. Everyone's starting to look at what's going on with the teams around them. Ryan can vouch for this as, uh, as the Fulham reporter, but he's starting to take stock of what everyone's doing. And so Aston Villa will probably feel a lot more pressure in this game on Saturday than what QPR will, because at this point in the season, there seems to be a lot more riding on it for the likes of Aston Villa. And... I think we've seen it in plenty of seasons before this, but 
the league throws up some some random results at the back end of the table just because a team like like Aston Villa or another team that's challenging for promotion they just can't deal with the pressure at this stage and then things start to to happen and perhaps QPR's the, the lack of pressure that's on them at this point could work to their advantage on Saturday. You'll be there, won't you, this week? I will indeed. Excellent. Well, we'll be we'll be back next week. We'll wrap it up here for, for this one. Um, we'll be back next week to uh, review. Villa and I expect Derby will probably be doing the podcast after that so um, join us then